you come through our office location and it looks like we're a small division of NASA. We have all these screens on the wall with all these different charts and line graphs. And basically we've created predictive analytics with the cellular carriers. We know what cellular looks like. Cellular is a wave. It is not a straight line. You are constantly adding and dropping connections. So we know what it's supposed to look like on this rolling you know, line throughout the day. And we know what it's not supposed to look like. And so because we're hyper-focused and we have so many connections, we're able to quickly see carrier issues in different geographic locations. And so if there's an issue, most of the time we're direct with the carriers, getting a firmware update that we're then pushing out over the air to the device so that it still works. And this might happen at two in the morning and you wake up and you have no idea that you are about to have this catastrophic failure because we're proactively trying to mitigate any issues. On the other side of that, if there is an outage, you call us, we work directly with the carrier, and then we let you know when it's done. You're not on the phone for an hour trying to figure that out. So we are a partner when it comes to deploying and scaling and managing a cellular solution. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey, and today we are talking about the Internet of Things and cellular connectivity. I made a commitment to all of you to thread in as much technology as possible, and I'm very excited for today's episode because what we're going to talk about is, I honestly think, technology that is going to stick and technology that all of you are going to be using on a daily basis because cellular is everywhere, data is everywhere, and we need better access to the data. And to do that, we need better connectivity and better connection to the data. So I have Justin Nichols with us. He is the national sales manager for OpConnect. He is an IoT and cellular specialist in the industrial water and wastewater markets. I wanna welcome you, Justin, to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. Awesome, Andy, thanks for having me today. My absolute pleasure ever since we met in December at the irrigation convention, we've been in touch very frequently and we have found a lot of opportunities for your technology and you have really helped educate me on cellular technology because I always sort of thought of it very one dimensional and I was learning from others who are not experts in the space. And so after learning from you, the expert in the space, you've sort of changed my perspective. And now I kind of understand what cellular is and what you should be looking for if you want to use the technology. So thank you so much and really look forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it, it's a long time coming, actually. I mean, we've been talking about this since day one in December after uh, getting tacos and margaritas at the IA show. And we're finally making it happen. So uh, I'm glad to, you know, come on the show and help kind of start educating, you know, some of our, our users out there on, you know, what cellular is and how they can really utilize it uh, for their business and, and help grow uh, their business by connecting more things to the internet, the internet of things. Yeah. And I think a lot of contractors understand, you know, plugging a cable into a controller, you see Wi-Fi kind of everywhere, and there's a little less talk about cellular. And I think that is often because the mainstream manufacturers aren't really experts in the space and oftentimes don't excel in that. And so they sort of guide people to, you know, this Wi-Fi connection, but there's so much to uncover an opportunity in the cellular space. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's kind of two key um, uh, phrases that we talk about. That's IoT, Internet of Things, and M2M, that's machine to machine. And this is all talking about connecting various pieces of hardware or equipment to the internet. 
And this has been happening, I think, for a long time over Wi-Fi, especially when, when we look at our smart home. And we were just talking about this the other day, like how many things in your house are connected to the internet? And I think you brought up uh, your phone and you had a very high number between all of your devices, smart home, your children's devices, et cetera. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this Eero uh, home, you know, mesh network Wi-Fi um, router system. And it has an app on your phone. You can bring it up and you can see all your access points and you can see what devices are connected to them. And I think if everyone knew how many devices they had connected to their home network, they'd be astounded. It's incredible. Yeah, I was pretty amazed by your Even my, my son's <laughs> like TI-84 calculator literally has Wi-Fi in it and connects to our, our network. So they progressed past uh, Snake on the on the Texas Instruments yeah. graphing calculators. So with that said, I mean, we've been doing this stuff, it seems like for a long time in our home. And I think commercially, we're just starting to have more visibility into all the connected products that are in our environment and this internet of things and this machine to machine communication. Uh, but it's been happening for a long time. And it's probably on a bunch of different devices that you use day in and day out um, or interact with out in your community that you, you don't really think are connected to the internet. Uh, and it's either the manufacturers connecting it to understand their product and their user better, uh, to be able to provide feedback, uh, or it's being connected for, for people to be able to do service and, and be, be more proactive in maintenance and, and things like that. Uh, and so I think with OpConnect, especially in the irrigation industry, we're starting to help bring some visibility into that and kind of opening up some eyes as to the different ways that you can connect and the different advantages uh, of connecting equipment to the internet. Yeah. Before we go into irrigation controllers specifically, can you give us some other examples of where somebody might see a machine to machine type device out in the world, something they might interact with on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Yeah, definitely. So uh, OpConnect and with our, our subsidiaries, we actually have about 500,000 devices connected to the internet in North America. So it's a very high number. Um, and our roots actually started in the ATM business. And it was a different parent company at the time. And we were essentially just provisioning ATMs with cellular devices to connect them to the internet to connect to financial institutions. Um, so this is probably the very first thing that you know comes to mind is, do you realize that when you go to a convenience store to get money out of an ATM, that it's a connection to the internet? Um, and most hmm. of these now are done via cellular. Uh, because as security has become more and more of a concern over the internet and public Wi-Fi and public internet, uh, there's a lot of very secure information in that ATM that could be stolen if it was just free and open internet. Uh, so the preferred method right now in that space is to go via cellular because most ATMs that are deployed are owned by someone else, not owned by the gas station or the convenience store. And so you know, the store has said, hey, I need the ATM in my storefront as a service for for my users, but you can't be on my my Wi-Fi or you can't be on my Ethernet because my credit card machine is tied to that. And so you have mm. to bring your own private and secure connection to the Internet to be able to use our space with your ATM. Uh, and cellular happens to be the most cost effective, most readily available private and secure connection to do that. Uh, so the majority of ATMs right now uh, are deployed via cellular and OpConnect uh, definitely owns that market. The majority of ATMs on cellular are OpConnect devices. Wow. And I would imagine that the uptime has to be 99.9% .9 connected or users could not withdraw money from the ATM. So the reliability must be nearly perfect in order to capitalize on that market. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And we have metrics and stats that we track through our, our customer care, our technical department that actually shows like a near 98 or 99% uptime for our devices uh, across all of those, you know, 500,000 units that are deployed. Uh, but you're, you're exactly right. We're creatures of habit. So if we go into a 7-Eleven and we try to get money out and it doesn't work, you know, it's an inconvenience. We now do that twice and it doesn't work. We learn, don't go to that 7-Eleven because their ATM never works. 
And if mm -hmm. that ATM is offline, it is losing money and it's losing its user base. So having right. a secure private connection first and foremost, but then making that uptime nearly 100% is critical in these deployments. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go to irrigation controllers and I'm trying to think about where to start. Let's start with a common sort of scenario that I see is that a contractor, a user goes out to a site, they get out their iPhone, they look at it and they go, oh my gosh, this is, I've got great cellular signal here. I've got five bars of cellular. Does that mean that every device is going to work perfectly on that site because they looked at their iPhone and they've got a great signal? No, it doesn't. And we get that all the time. You know, why, why am I on the site and my cell phone's working and, you know, someone else's device isn't connecting to the internet? Uh, basically, there's priorities on on the internet and over cellular. And so just because one device has a good connection and has priority doesn't mean another device is going to interact and, and have that same priority. Uh, so it's completely it's completely different in that regard. Uh, there's also different types of cellular technology. And so when we first started talking, we talked about IoT and M2M. And so because there is such an increase of commercial devices now that are on the internet over cellular, you know, the major cellular uh, carriers, AT&T, Verizon, et cetera, said, we need to do something about this. We need to clear up our bandwidth because it's knocking people off the network. Our, our signal isn't reliable anymore. And so they actually created a, a new cellular technology, we'll call it, uh, called CAT-M1. And this is specifically designed for machine-to-machine -machine communication for the Internet of Things. And so this is a, a different frequency, a different cellular technology. And in a lot of cases, this technology is going to get signal when, say, your phone does not. Um, and so it's one of those scenarios where, you know, why, why am I having, you know, trouble on my phone? But this is working. This is working fantastic. It has to do with different cellular technologies uh, and priorities on the network. Got it. So we just threw out a new term for everyone, Cat M1. Yeah. And in order to, I think, better define Cat M1, let's define or discuss what what we may already know. Yeah. And let's start with like 3G, 3G, 4G, LTE. Let's talk about those. Those. We'll do a little words. history of cellular right now. Yeah, um, and then and then let's thread in this Cat M1 so we can understand how it's similar yeah. and different to that. So 3G is very topical right now. Unless you're living under a rock, you've probably heard of 3G and 3G sunsetting. And the carriers would like to make you think that this is advantageous for you as the user, but it's really just to clear up bandwidth so that they can put more devices on their network. And the big thing when we talk about G, G just stands for generation. There's really nothing inherently different about the G and 3G, say, to 4G. It's just third generation, fourth generation, and now we're even on our fifth generation of 5G devices. So like your, your new iPhone, that's a 5G device. So it's actually going to work on a 4G and 5G network. So it's a little bit future-proof. But there was a very large uh, progression in cellular technology from 3G to 4G. And when they jumped the 4G, it actually went to LTE. And this is a completely different type of cellular uh, connectivity that's out there. Uh, and so right now to get more users on 4G, 5G, et cetera, they have to take down this third generation cellular network to open up room with the carriers to be able to have all of these new devices and new connections as we've, you know, we're outside the smart home now and we're now the smart commercial connection. Uh, like an irrigation controller, a digital sign, an EV charging station, a unmanned kiosk at the airport, um, mm. video cameras that are autonomously collecting information. They got to clear up space to be able to support and handle all these new connections. So 3G is being sunsetted. This has been talked about for years. It was kind of an empty threat. It's now coming into fruition. Two of the three major carriers are, are already past that date. So it is actively being sunsetted. Uh, you may have a connection today on an old 3G phone or device, and tomorrow you won't. And the last major carrier to do this is sunsetting uh, December of this year. So come 
come December of 2022, 3G will be uh, really a thing of the past. So help me. I always think that there's two major carriers, AT&T and Verizon. Who's the third? You mentioned three. Yeah. So for us, um, those tend to be the two largest. There's a bunch of other ones out there uh, in different ways to access, but T-Mobile Sprint would then be kind of considered okay. in that conversation. Uh, at OpConnect, uh, we actually first went to market with these carriers. They were the first ones to kind of understand M2M connectivity before it was actually labeled M2M. Everyone else was like, so wait, let me understand this. You want to put a cell phone in an ATM? <laughs> and it was like, no, we want to put a cellular device in an ATM. They're like, well, what kind of cell phone plan are you going to use? And I was like, all right, forget it. Um, so Sprint was actually the first one to kind of understand the method to that madness and, and you know, credit to them for, for doing that. And then since then, I think AT&T and Verizon are now, you know, the strongest two carriers in North America and, you know, have more devices that support their connection. So we've partnered with them. Uh, so when we're sunsetting some of our legacy 3G devices, that also means sunsetting, you know, those Sprint connections and getting them on one of our new 4G uh, devices. Mm -hmm. Great. So we've got 3G that's being sunsetted. Then there's 4G, 4G LTE, 5G. And I'm not expecting you to be the engineer that knows all the answers. We can have another podcast episode later, but are there differences between 4G, LTE and 5G? Um, not really. It's just the next generation. And so LTE is the same network. And so now a lot of what we associate with with new generations of cellular is speed. So every time we get into from 3G to 4G, 4G to 5G, we think our phone is going to be faster. And there is some truth to that. We're, we're getting, you know, all time speed for connection uh, as we progress in, in cellular IoT. But when we bring this full circle to Cat M1, that's actually not the case with Cat M1. Cat M1 is a very slow connection, but it's very steady and methodical, and it's very, very reliable. So it's great for you know small data capture, sensor data, um, water meter data, you know stuff like that that tends to be fairly small. It doesn't work well if we want to stream high def video. Um, yeah. So, so let's say if there were, uh, an irrigation contractor that was looking at, and I don't even know this to be true. I'm just saying hypothetically, they were, they were getting pitched by one manufacturer that said we have 4G LTE devices. And then another manufacturer said, well, we've got 5G, you know, you really need 5G. I would ask, are we really streaming YouTube on our irrigation controllers? Does it matter <laughs> if you have 4G or 5G? They simply don't require or will never use enough bandwidth for it to matter, right? Which yeah, type of cellular, 4G, 5G? Typically in, in the irrigation world, speed is less of a concern. It's kilobyte to megabyte data, not gigabytes of streaming data. And so speed is not necessarily a concern for these types of applications. So when we look at speed, really not an issue. It comes down to the reliability of the network and the reliability of, of the software that resides on the hardware that's providing that connection. Perfect. Because I kind of wanted to frame, you know, when we think of our cell phone, we FaceTime on our cell phone, we do Zoom calls on our cell phone, you know, we use a lot of bandwidth, a lot of data, and, and, and it's just simply not the case with an irrigation controller. And so I want those that are listening to sort of free their mind potentially, at least for the next five minutes here on 4G, 5G, so that you can maybe take a moment and, you know, we're going to talk about this Cat M1 and the potential advantage for Cat M1, as you've explained it to me, and I think you're about to go into and think of it a little bit differently than 4G, 5G and the use cases with it and how that affects and will affect our industry. Yeah, if we're using our cell phone away from our home Wi-Fi or office Wi-Fi and we're out and about uh, in, in streaming video, music, uh, social media apps, you know, you're probably going to use five to 10 to 20 gigs of cellular data. When we look at irrigation controllers, most applications are using less than 50 megabytes of, of data. And it's probably less in some cases. A lot of that data is driven by, say, the irrigation controller's app that lets you do some autonomous 
um, or remote connection. So the more you're using the app to log in and make changes, the more you're accessing the internet via cellular, and that's going to drive your data usage to maybe be a little bit higher. We're still not talking large numbers, 50, 50 megs or less. But mm -hmm. typically the way that these, these controllers are designed is it's really just sending the information from the clock, you know, what its run times are. And that's very, very small data. And that's getting pushed. Typically now it's getting pushed to a cloud. So they have a cloud-based server or program that's collecting all that data. And it's, it's providing, you know, the algorithms or whatever that help autonomously run their, their feature set on their controller. Uh, and it's aggregating that data, you know, in the cloud instead of on the device. But those mm -hmm. are all very small and infrequent data captures and pushes to the cloud. Mm -hmm. So if we think of that 4G, 5G as being a consumer type device, you know, your phone, you're, you're streaming, you're downloading, and then moving over to this Cat M1, you know, I like the term that you use, this machine to machine, because an irrigation controller is a machine talking to the cloud, which is a machine, you know, me, you, I'm not consuming that data right then and there. It's just simply mach machine to machine. And so let's, I, I guess this is a good, let's start talking about this Cat M1. Yeah, let's do it. And what it means and how it is and how it layers on or, or similar to the 4G, 5G setup. Yeah. In and in a lot of scenarios, when we look at OpConnect and our connected portfolio of devices, a lot of our devices are on unmanned equipment. So it's equipment that's in the field and it's left to run. And up until you know now, you were having to roll a truck or send someone out periodically to look at or service that equipment. By connecting it to the internet, we're a little bit more proactive and less reactive. So we're able to do some of that or, or recognize when we need to roll a truck to do service or uh, if there's two-way communication so that you know, not only is it sending me the alert, but then I can go back in through a website or an app and make the change on that control panel. It, it's it's enabling us to do more re remote and to take advantage of the technology that exists. And so when we look at at the Internet of Things and M2M, it's, it's really providing a connection so we don't have to be on site. And most irrigation controllers, we don't want to be on site and have to do that. So if, if you're a landscape management company and you have a service contract, but you're having to, you know, routinely roll a truck out to an HOA, you know, are you really making money on that contract or is it just a pass through service, uh, a means to an end? So hopefully connecting stuff to the internet now puts some value in the organization in that company. And so when we look at Cat M1, this is the perfect deployment for Cat M1 technology. And so it was designed, you know, for this machine to machine, unmanned, uh, remote type of communication. Uh, and so the cellular carriers realize that we're connecting more things to the internet. And a lot of these machine to machine communications don't need speed. Not everything out there is, you know, high def video or, or a cell phone. A lot of this stuff is very low data. Uh, a lot of it requires less power. Uh, some of this stuff is going to be battery or solar powered or solar powered, excuse me. Um, so they, they started looking at, you know, how can we improve on what we have? And let's, you know, let's provide a new solution that fits this new environment of how enterprises or individuals are utilizing the Internet. Uh, so they created Cat M1 and Cat M1 is slow. It's, it's considered a 5G technology. So 4G LTE, 5G LTE, it works on the same towers, but because it's a 5G technology or it's compatible with 5G, it's kind of future-proof. Because if we look back to 3G, how long has 3G been around? 20 years, 20 plus years? We've had a hard time killing 3G because so many devices were connected to it. It became very, very hard for us to just abandon it and get rid of it. And so it's been this very prolonged, exaggerated, uh, shutdown of that network, but the times finally come. So when we look at 5G, we kind of, us at OpConnect, we kind of look at it as a future-proof technology because we're going to be able to work currently on a 4G tower. And if 15 years from now, they tear down all the 4G towers and it's 5G and 6G, our 5G device is still going to work on that. So we look at it and say, man, we've got this very long runway of connectivity 
uh, that we're going to be able to provide our customers without them having to make upgrades or changes into the field. So, you know, it's kind of a one cost or one time investment in technology that most likely the cellular device is going to outlive the device that it's being connected to. You're going to upgrade your irrigation controller in the next 15 or 20 years before you need to upgrade your cellular device. Um, so that's one wow. of the that's one of the big advantages of looking at 5G or CADM1 technologies. It's kind of future proof in our in our immediate lifetime uh, when we look at what past generations of cellular have been. And then with that, there's a couple other boxes that CADM1 starts to check off because it tends to use a lower frequency in the cellular bands. Just generically speaking, when we speak wireless lower frequencies tend to work further away from wherever that frequency is being projected from or cast from. And they tend to have better building penetration strength. Hence, hmm. fast 5G phone, you're in Costco, aisle 117, and you don't get a connection. It stops working, it right? Stops you're working. in Target, say goodbye to your cell. It's gone. It doesn't work. So, you know, I was super proactive. I used my my Echo device at home and I created my shopping list and I'm in the back corner and I try to pull it up and I can't even call anyone at my house to remind me what was on the shopping list. So, you know, I'm, I'm doubling yeah. up on eggs for Easter and now we've got a hundred eggs to die. So that's awesome. Well, you know, it makes me wonder, do you think there would ever be an irrigation controller installed inside a building? Yeah. So I, I have a long <laughs> history of kind of these water markets uh, and yes, most, there's a lot, a lot of installations that, you know, I would always say, please put your control panel outside. Then I'm not the cable guy that I'll be there between 12 and six. You don't have to be home for me to come and service, uh, if there's an issue, but all of a sudden now it's, you know, that person has to be there. You need to have entry into that. Um, and so we see this happen all the time in the big box chains, these big cinder block um, bunkers and they have their operations room and all of their equipment is there is in there all of their internal internet equipment their servers their water heaters you know everything you can imagine is in there and because of that there's actually a ton of interference to it it actually degrades the ability to uh, receive a wireless signal uh, so it's mm -hmm. very very difficult to um, do any type of wireless let alone cellular in some of these applications um, so kind of looking back at CAT M1, this is one of the huge advantages, tends to operate on a lower frequency, lower frequencies work further away from the cell tower, lower frequencies work better at building penetration. So unlike a very fast iPhone, whether it's 4G or 5G, CAT M1 lends itself really well to irrigation. Uh, if we're in more rural areas, that controller is going to work and it's going to keep pushing that data to the cloud. And it's going to keep letting that user go in through their their irrigation controller app and make the necessary changes they need mm -hmm. to remotely without having to be on site. Yeah, I think it's such a great addition to the conversation because we're so used to talking 3G, 4G, 5G. And really, this needs this should be added to the conversation, this CAT M1. And as irrigation landscape contractors have their discussions with manufacturers or other providers that could be similar to, to OpConnect, yeah. you know, they could really start to ask these questions. And that's part of what, what, what we're doing here is trying to educate you guys as listeners, as contractors on the technology that's out there so that you have, you have the tools to go have the right conversations. Yeah. So um, with, with CAT M1, there's three main things. And we kind of just talked about two of them works further away from a cell tower has build better building penetration strength. The other main one is it works better in congested environments, which is kind of like an anomaly. Mm. We're saying, hey, this works better in rural areas, but it's going to work better in a congested environment as well. And that's because it's not operating the same way our phones do. So if you're in a city and you have a ton of people on cell phones and a ton of other machine to machine or connected equipment that's out there, uh, it, makes, it makes things very congested. You lose signal or you drop priority on the network. So all of a sudden, we could take a rooftop garden in New York City that can't get a cell signal with your phone, but we can put a CAT M1 device up there, and it's going to be able to connect and push through all that congestion and clutter. 
Uh, Yeah, go ahead. So I was just thinking I had this thought. So let's say you're at the the Sunday football game and it's 90% uh, tickets sold. I have a hunch the ATM machine is still going to work even if all of the cell phones are clogged and you can't make a phone call or you can't upload a picture to Instagram. Bet you that ATM machine still Yeah, there's works. protected bands within cellular. Uh, there's priorities in cellular we're, and we're the least important. So if you're at the football game and you're all trying to get on social media to post the picture, a lot of times it just spins in a circle and it can't load. Um, you've lost your priority. Instagram is not the priority anymore. Um, but what's cool <laughs> about that is let's say you have a drip system outside the stadium that's supposed to run during uh, whenever that game is played and you need to log in remotely, you're still going to be able to get through to that controller or that that irrigation controller is still going to be r- able to run its normal operation and push that information uh, to their cloud-based platform. It's going to run uninterrupted in that scenario. And is that because of the, the uh, CAT M1? Correct. So that's because it, it it's different um, frequencies. It's it's more of a protected band for machine to machine, just like your scenario with an ATM. And so it's going to be able to keep pushing through. And the way it connects and stays connected is really impactful in these types of scenarios. Okay. So I uh, appreciate the education on the bands. I think that this is... Um, this is information that's not proprietary. We are just talking cellular education, cellular 101, the bands, how do they work? What are they? I'd like to, you know, I guess, offer you the floor for a minute to talk about the OpConnect hardware and how somebody might be able to utilize OpConnect hardware on whatever manufacturer's con- irrigation controller that they would like to, you know, how it works and, you know, what it is you guys bring to market. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving me that opportunity. Uh, So OpConnect, we are a cellular technology company or a cellular IoT company, uh, and we can take it one step further and say we're a managed service company. Uh, And so what does that mean? Well, we have our own proprietary hardware that we manufacture and design. We have our own software that we've done the same with that lives on our hardware. Uh, And then we are direct with the carriers, in this case, Verizon and AT&T. And so our devices only work with our network connection through those two major carriers. Um, But with that, you get the wealth of information of us being hyper-focused and cellular. Uh, So we are always on the forefront of new technology. Uh, CAD M1, we were quick to adopt that and we came out with a product called the Milo. Uh, And that is the product that we see being utilized most in the irrigation space because of all the stuff we just talked about. uh, with CAD M1 technology. Uh, and so with that, we've done some pretty cool things like cellular hardware. We're all pulling from the same chipset. It's all kind of the same. No one's really doing anything revolutionary or anything that's that's so much different when it comes to hardware. It really comes down to the software that manages that hardware. And so we think we've done some things that are pretty cool with our software. Uh, So the first thing that we've done is we've created our devices like the Milo that are actually dual carrier. So there's two SIM cards that exist. Uh, So there is a dedicated Verizon and a dedicated uh, AT&T SIM that exists on that device. Furthermore, we have software that controls how that device interacts with the network. Uh, We have a platform, a web-based platform called Summit. Summit analyzes the connection of these devices to the internet. So if a carrier falls off or if it loses signal quality or strength, Summit then makes the necessary communication and autonomous changes on that device to actually flip networks. So we call that uh, redundancy or dual carrier failover. So we are constantly analyzing signal quality and we are running that through our cloud And then it's saying, hey, Verizon is not working. We're going to switch your connection to AT&T. And so one of the things we hear all the time is, hey, my manufacturer has a Verizon only device and I don't get Verizon in my area. Well, that's great. We don't care (laughs) what service you get at your site. Our software and our hardware is going to connect to the best service, regardless if it's AT&T one day, Verizon the other day, or if it's always AT&T or Verizon. 
Uh, so that's one of the advantages we have. And we do that without having to have two SKUs. Hmm. The way most OEMs address this is they'll have two SKUs or two different controllers or devices. They'll have a Verizon only, and then they'll have an AT&T only. And they, they kind of leave it up to the user or the contractor to say, well, which one do you need? Well, that's great if you know, but what if you don't know? Or what if it changes? Or what if there's an outage on AT&T? It really doesn't help to have one carrier. And so we all, feel, all the user wants is it to be connected. We want to create they just want it. We, we want to create reliability. So we think of mm -hmm. so we like to think OpConnect is the easy button when it comes to cellular. Hopefully we're doing enough with our devices, with our hardware and software that it's just going to make these autonomous changes in the field so that you don't have to. You don't have to call us. You don't have to be on site. You don't have to do anything to do that. But then on the back end, let's talk about when it does go wrong, because inevitably there's going to be an issue. I don't care how great mm -hmm. your technology is. Uh, there's going to be an issue. So really, we've taken it one step further with our what we call our managed services. And we have a 24-7 customer support team that's really a technical support team that we man that is not outsourced to a third party or to India or something like that that we see with call centers now. This is our own staffed um, knock center. And so they are experts when it comes to our hardware and also the carriers. So it is a one-stop shop, a one-call resolution. So what we see happen a lot of time, one of the pain points that customers will get in the field is it doesn't work. So they call up the, the manufacturer. The manufacturer says, okay, well, I, I think it's a Verizon problem. All right. So you hang up the phone, you call Verizon. Verizon says, no, we, we show great connection at your location. I think it's a hardware issue. So now you're back on the phone with the OEM. Well, the OEM didn't really make the hardware. Someone else made it and they just integrated it into their controller. And so now they're trying to figure out, well, what is it that we have? Who do we need to talk to from our supplier to get this to work? With us, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what the problem is. You call us and our technicians are going to be able to speak to both the hardware and both the cellular uh, carrier side. And what's great is if it's a hardware issue, we want to resolve that as fast as possible. We're just going to warranty that device out because our, our number one important thing that we want to check off is making it easy and simple to deploy and connect. So we would rather give you a new device than spend hours trying to figure out how do we troubleshoot the one you have. Send it back. We'll fix it on our time, not your time. We're going to get you back up to speed as fast as possible. Yeah, you know, with that said, it could be if it's a remote location, sending one truck out to check something could cost more than just replacing the yeah. hardware. Yeah, and more than probably what you're charging the customer for service for that month or whatever the case may be. Secondly, if it's a carrier issue, we have, you come through our, our office location and it looks like we're a small division of NASA. We have all these screens on the wall with all these different charts and line graphs. And basically, we've created predictive analytics with the cellular carriers. We know what cellular looks like. Cellular is a wave. It is not a straight line. You are constantly adding and dropping connections. So we know what it's supposed to look mm -hmm. like on this rolling you know, line throughout the day. And we know what it's not supposed to look like. And so because we're hyper-focused and we have so many connections, we're able to quickly see carrier issues in different geographic locations. And so if there's an issue, most of the time we're direct with the carriers, getting a firmware update that we're then pushing out over the air to the device so that it still works. And this might happen at two in the morning and you wake up and you have no idea that you are about to have this catastrophic failure because we're proactively trying to mitigate any issues. On the other side of that, if there is an outage, you call us, we work directly with the carrier and then we let you know when it's done. You're not on the phone for an hour trying to figure that out. Um, so we are a partner when it comes to deploying and scaling and managing a cellular solution. Yeah, yeah. What um, I'm curious, you mentioned the, the software summit. Is that something that the user can log into? Yeah. So we actually and, just came and out. And what do they see? What, yeah, what? walk us through or tell us what what you would see i don't i don't know if anyone currently that doesn't exist you know with an irrigation manufacturer you're logging yeah. into their irrigation management software but you're not logging into the actual cellular device software there's no so analytics so you know not to name names here but you know when i've talked to different oems 
and they say, wait, you, you can see if your device is online or offline. And it's just like, well, yeah, that's pretty simplistic. And they're like, wow. Because <laughs> right now they don't know if their device is offline unless their user calls them and tells them it's offline. Mm-hmm. So Summit is a great troubleshooting tool. It's a great kind of deployment tool to help look and analyze your cellular portfolio, whether it's 10 devices, a thousand devices. Uh, and so basically what happens in, in generic fashion, you have data that's being pushed. It goes through OpConnect's private network, and then we split the stream of that data. So when I say we split it, we take all the cellular information from the data and we run it through Summit. All of the irrigation data goes to the irrigation OEM's cloud platform or wherever it is that they're, they're localizing this data. So then we take the cellular data and we run it through all of our different algorithms and analytics, and we're able to present that on a web page called Summit. So Summit's mm-hmm. going to tell you which network, which carrier you're on. So whether it's Verizon or AT&T, it's going to give you that IP address. It's going to tell you signal strength. It's going to tell you signal quality. It's going to tell you how long the device has been connected for, how long it had been disconnected for. It will give you a chart to show you, hey, at this time, we tried to reach the device. We couldn't. And then we started running some some scripts in the background to repair that connection. It tried to repair itself. It couldn't. And now it flipped from Verizon to AT&T. That's all visualized on the platform. So you know exactly how that's performing. Uh, And then there's also some location data based off um, using cell towers to triangulate that location. Wow. Wow. And I could see this being really valuable if you are an irrigation or landscape contractor looking to build your management business. Uh, It is often very difficult to only manage one OEM manufacturer's controllers. Oftentimes, you're going to have a mixed bag of control platforms out there. And so I could see this being valuable where you could only have one type of cellular connection, i.e. an OpConnect device that you could deploy to all of your irrigation controllers, regardless of who the OEM manufacturer is, because then you can sort of self-support, self-maintain, self-manage without having to rely on you know, the, the service level of the irrigation manufacturer themselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's a great point to bring up. If you're working with five different controllers, with five different manufacturers, you're now having five different people to call and troubleshoot. And that's, that's hard. I mean, deploying and deploying cellular is not that hard. You can engineer a solution and you can sell it. It's managing the device once it's deployed, that's hard. And that's where most OEMs, you know, for lack of a better term, fail. Um, we've had OEMs, we've worked with them and they say, you know what, we're going to do this in-house and we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to buy our own hardware. We're going to piece together our solution. We're going to go to Verizon or AT&T and start, start buying data and chopping it up and reselling it. And that's not that hard. But what happens when you have 20,000 of those in the field and you have no insight as to how they're performing? That's when it becomes hard. So we've, we've literally had customers tell us no, five years later, come back with 20,000 units connected and say, Ooh, yeah, we don't want any part of this. We don't, we don't want to be a, a cellular service provider, basically. We don't want to manage this. We want to do what we do best, and that's sell you know, hardware, sell controllers and whatever it is, and support that element of it. We don't want to have to manage and support the cellular. That's a whole new infrastructure internally that you have to have in education. It's cumbersome. It, it's hard. <laughs> thinking about those ATMs or those lighted signs or um, stoplights or traffic signals, you know, all of those manufacturers, ATMs specifically, they're probably not deploying their own devices because they know what they do well. You need a and partner. Providing that you need a partner. You need a trusted partner. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We make it seem very simplistic and very easy for our customers and our users. But there is a very complex and technical process running in the background that you you wouldn't necessarily even know exists. Um, But that's how we're able to, uh, you know, have such high level of uptime and so much confidence in in the solution in the program that we put together. But yeah, kind of going back to your original comment about having different controllers with different OEMs, you could have all that localized on one page. There's all this descriptive, you know, information that you can add. 
uh, that you can sort by. We just came out with a new version of Summit called Summit 3.0. Uh, and you can have different sub-organizations and tiers within your organization. So let's say you have a uh, hundred different controllers and you've got four service techs. Well, you can assign just the 25 devices for that service tech to be able to see so that they're hyper-focused on what they need to and they don't have all the clutter of everything else. With that said, if you're the owner of the of the landscape management company, you still have visibility on all 100. And so you can start tearing out that access uh, and limitations and, and design different roles within Summit 3.0. And OEM could, could deploy our solution and then give access to their customers. So the OEM could see 20,000 units. So they have the broader scope of how their controllers are working, mm. but then start giving access to their distributors and their customers and their customers, customers, et cetera. So it's a really awesome addition to a already super robust platform right interesting that's great we could spend I a whole day last... talking about summit yeah. maybe we come back and do that <laughs> well i think you know maybe what we'll do and i'm just sort of uh spitballing here maybe what we'll do is at some point host like a online training for contractors so if you're interested we could get you together you could demonstrate the software we could look at it um in person the last thing that we haven't really talked about that uh, I think we should is the actual hardware. What does it look like? How big is it? How do you plug it in? Because I think you know we're all very tangible people, and we're. I want to make sure we connect the dots. On I have X manufacturer's controller. What do I actually buy from OpConnect? How do I hook it up? Yeah. So we'll we'll look at the Milo, and you can go on you know OpConnect.com and and look at the Milo on the web page. But and I'll drop some links in the in the show notes to some of these um, websites, so you awesome. can just directly link over and check this out. Yeah, the Milo is incredibly small. Uh, it's about a three by three square that's maybe a half inch thick, and so in most cases, there's room inside that controller, that enclosure of that control panel to just stick the OpConnect device in, uh, which is awesome. It's it's very small and product might get mad at me for talking about this, but we have a new version of it coming out that hopefully will <laughs> launch at some point this summer, uh, hopefully before the IA show, so we can demonstrate that in the new product uh, showcase. And it's going to be even smaller. Uh, so that's wow. it's awesome. Um, so it's about three by three square, about a half inch thick. And uh, basically the, the most simplistic way to connect to any type of equipment, whether it's an irrigation controller or anything else, is just uh, a standard RJ45, an Ethernet port. So basically, if your controller has an Ethernet port on it, we would connect a Ethernet cable and make a hardwired connection from the Milo to your controller. And there may be some configuration for port forwarding commands. And I don't want to talk too technical, but mm -hmm. basically we will provision the device to speak to every OEM specific platform. So if there are things that need to be pre-configured, uh, part of our deployment process is we pre-configure that, the device is activated, it becomes plug and play. You don't have to be an IT expert. We've designed it to be you know, very easy, the easy button. Uh, so basically a contractor is gonna take this, they're gonna plug it in ethernet to ethernet, and they're gonna either plug in the power um, to an outlet if that's available, uh, or we also have a new uh, 24 volt AC power supply that can be uh, tapped into that uh, internal transformer on the controller. Mm -hmm. So the, the controller itself can power it and there's no need to run anything externally. The last component is an antenna. Uh, so the standard kit is going to come with an IP67, a waterproof antenna that would be mounted on the exterior of the enclosure to give it the best uh, possible cell signal. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, just full disclosure, Justin did send me a couple units, you know, right after the IA show. So I have, you know, held one. And what I found really neat is there is a magnet in, you know, the bottom of it. So if you're putting it in a uh, metal enclosure, uh, it can actually just stick right to the side of the enclosure. Yeah, you don't need like a special bracket. It will just stick right on. Otherwise, yeah, um, you can get a I mean, bracket. It's light enough. You can and do you could probably do it. some... Um, yeah, uh, it works really yeah, well. Totally. And then uh, what's also really cool about this new version, and we don't see this as much in the irrigation space. We see it a little bit more in the water treatment wastewater space when they're using a PLC type of system, uh, but DIN rail compatibility. 
So the new one's going to have DINRAIL compatibility mm. to, to make it even easier for our users to deploy and install these things. And that would all wow. come as a kit. You're not having to buy any of this stuff. It's all shipped together uh, and it's just plug and play. And I think the, um, the last question is, do you have to sort of register the cell, call someone? How do you turn it on and make it work? Yeah, so depending on how we're going to market, whether this is sold through like a wholesale distributor uh, and the distributor is just selling the device and then you know, having the their customer activate it, um, the customer would register with us and we'd get payment information. We'd set up an account for them uh, and the device would be ready to go. Uh, but typically this is all done before we start deploying services and our devices and it makes it just super plug and play. We have these profiles that are pre-created and made uh, and preloaded, and we can ship them to a location or drop ship them directly to a site and try to make it as easy as possible. Uh, but it, typically you're going to have an account with us or, or your OEM would have say an account with us even, and you could buy services through them or you would buy services directly through us. Cause once again, we are managed services you have to activate and we have to provide the services so that our devices uh, do all these fantastic things that we've talked about this morning. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, that was certainly covered your uh, cellular 101 and a whole lot more. Um, Little cellular and 101 and OpConnect 101. <laughs> yeah. Super and it leaves today. the door open because because there's a lot more to talk about. You can get really as technical with cellular as, as possible. Um, and, you know, I think some of the takeaways for me is that I really, you know, it was eye-opening for me to learn about the CAD M1 technology and the differences and how it's useful for machine-to-machine -machine connectivity. And it's different than you or I having a cell phone and expecting our cell phone to work. The machines need to have uptime. So that was really um, informational for me. So appreciate you sharing all of this, Justin. If somebody wants to just reach out to you directly to learn more, what's the best way for someone to contact you? Uh, so the best way to contact me is to either go to our website, uh, to opconnect.com. And in the top right corner, there's an orange box that says contact us. And uh, you just send us a message and you can say, hey, I heard about you guys on the Sprinkler Nerd Show and you know, I'll reach out. Uh, we can also give a link to my direct calendar, uh, which would allow someone to come and just see my availability and and schedule time to meet with me. And so those are probably the two easiest ways. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, you can always shoot me a message that way. Um, but yeah, happy happy to connect with all the nerds out there and now make them cellular nerds. Awesome. Great. I will put a link in the show notes to Justin's calendar. So if you want to schedule time to learn more, purchase some devices, whatever that might be, you can just link up directly to his calendar. And uh, appreciate it, Justin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's been awesome. Anytime. Uh, excited to come back and, and dive deeper into this world. Uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks, Andy. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>